This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So, why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Hey guys. Hey. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. It's Elizabeth and Alex. And today we're coming to you with a really special episode. We are having a conversation with our friend, Miss Brooke DeVard. She's the host of the Naked Beauty podcast. If you've been in the podcast game for a little bit and you love beauty podcasts, you already know about Brooke. She's dope because she's one of the first black women that I ever heard that was hosting a beauty podcast. Yeah, I think the first. The first. For me. Right? Well, the first that I heard. Okay. She might be the first ever, might be the first that we've ever heard, but regardless, she's our first. And on one hand, I loved this conversation because I got to just like say thank you to the woman who inspired me to do what we're doing now. But I also just got to see into a life that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Brooke grew up in the Upper East Side, and she's going to tell us all about her sort of seemingly fairy tale life growing up, you know, going to school with like the school that was in gossip girl and going to Stanford and then working for Instagram and kind of just finding her way through the world but like as a black woman also as a black woman that comes from a little bit of a privileged life which is definitely something that I don't know anything about loved learning about that and yeah she's also just dope she loves skincare she loves natural beauty her following is incredible the girl's killing it in the podcast oh, world yeah. so yeah, and she has a cute little baby. And she's got the cutest little baby. It's really cute. Yeah. So enjoy our conversation with Miss Brooke Devard, a.k.a. the host of the Naked Beauty Podcast. So 
I'm Brooke DeVardo Zeidenly. I live in New York. I am a podcaster on the side. Full time, I work at Instagram doing uh, video marketing. And I love all things beauty, natural skincare. And I'm also like a huge television and movie junkie. Like I watch everything oh, and really? podcast junkie. <laughs> yeah. <love> <laughs> Just constantly consuming media. That's so fun. Where did you grow up? I grew up here in New York City. And um, what neighborhood did you grow up in, first of all, in New York? Uh, the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were on 87th Street between Park and Lex, if that means anything to anyone listening. <laughs> um, I think growing up in New York City is really cool. It's so interesting. I hear as an adult people say things like, oh, I love New York, but like never to have kids, you know, I could never raise children here, as if it's like some sort of like awful place to grow up. <laughs> no. um, like, it was fine. It was, <laughs> it was fine. You, know, you guys are from New York, too, right? We are, yeah. I grew up yeah. in the Catskills, and she grew up in Long Island. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, we went. We didn't have a backyard. Um, you guys probably grew up having backyards. We, we lived in an apartment, but we went to Central Park on the weekends. So that was, like, our backyard. And also, people say, like, oh, like, you know, how could you live in a small apartment with kids? It's like, when you're a kid, you don't know any different, right? Like, yeah, you, you only know you, what you know. Mm-hmm. You only know what you know. So all I knew was like, you know, trick or treating by like going in the elevator and going to like each floor and ringing each doorbell. Like, yeah, like that is trick or treating. I didn't know the house to house, um, you know, experience. Um, and I think it's interesting. I started out in public school, um, very diverse, multicultural public school. Still public school on the Upper East Side, and you had to like live in the zip code to attend but there were a lot of embassies around that um school so there would be like kids in my class that were like um you know staying at the embassy of like from pakistan or um that like didn't even speak english really but it's like the public school system so that was really interesting and then um for fifth grade i transferred to an all-girls private school um whoa that's a a big switch big switch yes um and i think i was i think i was the first black girl in their entire class yeah really in new york city in new york city yeah i guess that isn't that isn't so surprising because as i mean as small as new york is like sabrina our friend sabrina is from the bronx and she was like i didn't meet a white person until i was in high school (laughs) so it's because they're very like it's so easy to like never leave your neighborhood like my mom's from the bronx when i graduated college we were in the east village and she's like this is my first time in the east village like, Mom, but how is that possible? But it's just so easy right. to stay within your own little world, which is cozy and comfortable. Oh, my God. How was it starting at this private school, like, after being in public school for so long? You know, it's interesting. Before I went to – so I was born in Minneapolis. I was there for kindergarten. No, no, I was there for pre-K. Then I moved to New Orleans, and I was in New Orleans for kindergarten and first grade, and that was an all-girls school as well. Mm. Um, so then I, well, then we moved to New York. I went to a public school that was co-ed for second, third, and fourth grade. So by the time I went to all-girls school again in fifth grade, it was like being in school with all girls was kind of normal, but it's like a new school. Yeah. Um, girls aren't always the nicest, yeah. I think, um, you know, I think the school I went to is popular because of Gossip Girl. People kind of understand that mm-hmm. dynamic of, like, highly competitive, like, kind of crazy Upper East Side uh, girl stereotype that you would think of. Gwyneth Paltrow went to my school. Okay, so um, it's competitive to get in there. It's competitive to get in. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I mean, the nature of all girls, plus you add in, like, teenagers, that's yeah, just... sounds really oh my awful. my God, had you survived Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, it's interesting. I feel like surviving that and thriving in that environment, like people talk about like people being shady or like people being a bitch at work. And I'm like, you guys don't even know. Like, this is nothing. This is nothing. True. I take you like you said 14 year olds and then multiply them yeah. like 50 in a room. My God. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> Teenage girls are scary. Yeah, they are. Teenagers scare the shit out of me. New York City teenagers? Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, all teenagers, but yeah, kids who like grow up in the city who just I don't know they know shit. Well, kids. <laughs> yeah. I always say kids in, that grow up in New York City are thirty by the time they're twelve. <laughs> totally 100%. totally yeah totally. and they have such a maturity to them also like yeah kids oh my goodness there's this girl once this little girl she must have been four and she was um having dinner with her parents in my boyfriend's restaurant and they have like this big painting that's not a jackson pollock but it's just like in the style right and this mm -hmm. little girl goes grandma grandma look it's a jackson pollock <laughs> and her grandmother looks at her and goes who told you what a Jackson Pollock is? How do you know yeah. what that is? Like, she grew up probably going to museums. Yeah, you know, That of was like our activities on the weekends. Kind yeah. of amazing. Yeah. That's a New York City kid wow. for you. I wasn't surprised. I was like, Grandma, come on. I know. <laughs> Grandma, don't you know this kid? <laughs> this is tapping into my obsession with like watching everything, but have you guys seen Grand Army on Netflix? No. Have you seen Euphoria on HBO? No, I never watched Euphoria, but I know about it. I don't oh, even know wow. about Grand Army. Grand Army, it's almost like Euphoria, but like in Brooklyn. It's like basically this school of kids um, in Brooklyn. It's like a gifted high school um, and it follows their lives. And it's just, yes. they are so mature and like so aware of the world. And like they listen to like the Brene Brown podcast in between doing math homework. Oh my God. And, like, okay, I saw the trailer for this. Yes, I think I put this on my queue. It's ringing a bell. You now. should watch it. Okay, it's maybe good. tonight I'll start it. I know yeah, it's really good. TV. I think it's time. Yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with TV. For, like, it had the opposite effects to the election, where it's just like, I can't deal with this silly shit right now. There's too much realness. And now I think I'm like, ready to go ready back to, to go some back. silly shit. Also, yeah. Talk about algorithms. The Netflix algorithm is very weird, because yeah. I feel like people will tell me about shows, and I'm like, that's never come up for me. Maybe because I watch yeah. stupid shit too often, like Gilmore Girls, so my algorithms all fucked I up. kind of love that. I was thinking that. I was like, how funny would it be if Alex and I just like switched computers and phones like how different I <laughs> everything oh my gosh. so funny <laughs> I love it okay so you're at the Gossip Girl High School which is still kind of terrifying oh my God, wait you're not even in high school yet no you're in middle school you're like I'm in middle teen. school oh my goodness you're a little I'm in middle school teen. okay what a weird yes. time in a girl's life first of all what a weird time like what you're like 10 or 11 time. years old Right. Yes. Oh yes. God. Yes. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, I'm with all these girls, these like other like these crazy Upper East Side girls. Oh my God. <laughs> they were, I, you know what? They weren't crazy were yet, but that, <laughs> yeah. I think at that age, no one was quite like crazy yet. But it's like okay. that whole thing of fitting in, finding yeah. friends. You're also new. They'd all been together since kindergarten. Oh, I was like whoa. one of the first new girls. Yeah. Um, was it very diverse? No, no, I was the, I was the first, oh, the first black, black girl. girl. Like in but the then yeah. I was like, well, I was also wondering if, because I know you said that, like, the embassy, but that was the public school, so there was, like, no yeah, was other nothing. School. There weren't any Asian no. kids. No. Um, maybe there were, no, maybe there were, like, one or two Asian I girls. I mean, obviously um, not, girl. If you have to think two. like that, one or two, yeah. yeah, that means no. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. The class wasn't that big. It was, like, 45, um, mm -hmm. and I, by sixth grade, more black girls started um, at the school. Yeah. Which was which was nice. Um, but yeah, I think it was just kind of like finding my way, um, 
I remember all of the girls with like very specific ways of like wearing their uniform. The one thing that we were allowed to change was the white collar shirt underneath our jumper. And so my, for my first day of school, I remember my mom got me like this, like so all of the girls I should say were like Lacoste or like polo white like shirts like with like the collar like just mm-hmm. that was like the thing that everyone wore mm-hmm. but being new and my mom being who she is she like pressed this like beautiful like peter pan collar shirt with like Aww. a puff sleeve Aww. like a full so puff sleeve cute. and i remember coming back being like mom i'm so embarrassed like everyone else just had on like regular polos like this is too much like your mom made and, like, you extra and you're like no, yeah i don't extra i don't want to be extra i just want to fit in that's how you feel in fifth grade now i look back and i'm like i love that peter pan collar shirt i like want it in my wardrobe something i'd wear now yeah it was very chic very like mm -hmm. mark jacobs um but you know i didn't appreciate it at at the at that age yeah but it's gotta be so funny too is like you're now you're a mom and so like one day you're kid might look at you and just be like mom what do you know and you're gonna think back to this peter pan collar moment and just be like (laughs) god if only you knew, kid. <laughs> only I know. I know. I know. Um, what made your parents put you in this school? Were they like, we want you to get a better education or we don't want you around boys? So I think just usually it's very common in New York City to um, go to a different school for like middle school and mm-hmm. high school. Right. So I just yeah. applied like a, I think most people start to apply out for like sixth grade. Yeah. Um, so but I just did it like a year that. early. This is another thing that's very mature that at sixth grade, yeah, kids started applying to go to high schools yeah. and to go to middle schools. We lived in Queens, but only until yeah. I was 10, so I never had to like do any of that. I just went to my right. public school down the block. I couldn't imagine, holy moly. I grew up in a town of 600 people. <laughs> nice. There was only the I love the like Catskills, though. Yeah, that was it for us. Okay, so around this time, like, what were you like outside of school? Like, What were your interests? Like, Who did you think that you wanted to be? when you grew up like by like early high school sure so that was like the era of like coming home from school and watching like 106 and park on BET in my kitchen um and just seeing all of those like R&B girls like seeing like Ashanti and seeing like even like Lil Mo and like seeing all of these like amazing like Aaliyah obviously was like everything Mm -hmm. um I was such a huge Destiny's Child fan um so I've like loved Beyonce for like half of my life now um but they were like you know like the beauty icons and I can even remember like girls in like music videos and thinking like oh my gosh like they look so pretty they look so cool like I can't wait till like I'm an adult and I can like dress like this and wear these like low-rise jeans and like get a belly button ring with all of which I like never did I could not figure out how they all did their hair I was like how do all of these girls have right like I didn't know about weave at that point or like wigs or anything and so that was my obsession was just like how are they doing it what is (laughs) how are they doing it but like totally all of those girls it's it's funny that yeah, that's a, such a time period. And also that yes. was a time where fashion was really bad, except for the black girls. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so interesting. I feel like um, like this whole like Y2K like fashion thing is kind of coming back now. Like yeah. everything's like bedazzled and glittered yeah. and neon. And Scary. even like, do you remember those like Chloe sunglasses with like the rhinestone like hearts on them? Yes. Those yes. were really popular. Yes. All of that stuff is like, 
coming back now leopard print um like a denim bustier like all of the stuff i was like living for when i was like 12 like oh my gosh i want to wear this um i was really into delia's delia's yes it's very much of our generation every conversation that we have with a girl always ends up with delia's yeah yeah i love that we were all looking at the same catalog i know yeah yeah limited two was a big one for me as well same limited two is huge i never got into limited two they didn't have a catalog. No. And I don't think they had any unlimited two in Narrowsburg. They definitely did not have unlimited two in Narrowsburg. That was the problem. That's probably why. But limited two was like, you were a cool girl if you yes. wore limited two, for sure. I remember yeah, my I mom got me a shirt on sale there once, and I was like, at least it says limited two on it. Yes, that's so all everyone that you knows. It's so, yeah. Yeah, so, so everyone knows. So, okay, so you're looking at these beautiful icons of our generation, and what were you thinking looking at them? Just like... I want to be grown so I can wear a denim bustier. <laughs> yes, pretty much, pretty much. Yes, that was like that was like the goal. Um, and then as I got older, I got really into um, fashion, like high fashion. Like I, that's when I started really seriously reading Vogue and like looking at like who are the editors behind all of this, like who's styling these shoots, who are the photographers, who are the models, learning all of the models' names. Um, that was also the time that like all of the fashion blogs, like early fashion blogs, were starting. So I was like. Oh, Always looking on like the fashion spot forums and finding other people that were obsessed with fashion and I started my own fashion blog and I would like take pictures of my outfits and blog and that's when I started getting really into wanting to go shopping on the weekends like wanting to go to Century 21 to find like you know discounted Marnie and Balenciaga and getting really into like okay this is a designer for Chloe now um, and like wait what was yes. the name of your blog it's called the glamorous eccentric Oh my God! That's yeah, really cool. I I really love that you had a blog, yes. showing your outfits. I used to read a lot of blogs like that. Of course, I loved blogs like that. Yeah, that was like, like my yeah. first. It was my first like. Ex- I mean, at that point, I was already in New York, but yeah, blogs. It was. It used to always be magazines, and then suddenly, like regular yeah. people could mm-hmm. post what they were wearing, but they weren't regular. They were way cooler than me at least anyway <laughs> and so that was but it was special because it wasn't unattainable right it wasn't like these models that are right. so far out of reach it was like people that were my age maybe have some more money but like they were doing their own thing and watching, right oh, yeah such a so you were making content a while back yes yes I feel like I've like always been like this person on the internet and sometimes I feel like if I had like stuck with it longer like it, you know it, it was like so early yeah um you know, if what if I kept doing that? But I think also with everything, you, you fall in love with something. It gets really fun and exciting. And for me, that's podcasting right now. Yeah. But who knows? Like, am I going to be podcasting five years from now? Maybe not. Maybe I'll move on to something else. Yeah, for sure. And also when things become a job, it's a little... Like, I always joke that I, every hobby I've ever had has become a job. And mm. I just realized, like, girl, podcasting, you fucking love podcasts. And, like, did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it is really fun still. It's like I like I woke up this morning and was like, we're going to have another great interview with another awesome girl. It this is, is really so fun. great. I know. But I don't know if I'll ever get sick of talking. It's been <laughs> yeah, a no, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you guys are loving it. And, and you know, I think the easy and fun part of podcasting is just the talking and the conversation. I think the part of it that gets more difficult is the consistency, the booking, the uploading. The, yeah. And you used um, to do your own editing, right? Yeah, I did all of my own editing. Oh, my goodness, girl. Okay, yeah. I haven't done that. No, no, no. I knew my <laughs> limits. I knew my limitations. Yeah, no, good. Yeah. Outsource it. Outsource it. Honestly. Well, I, I, like I said, turned everything I'm that I've ever enjoyed doing into a hobby. So at this point, I knew, like, girl, 
outsource it. Exactly. Like, know your limitations. Um, yes. Don't process. I, well, girl, when I heard that, I think I heard it on one of your episodes. You were like, oh, I just stopped editing my own podcast. I was like, this girl's been editing them too? Who's having all the time? Did you just teach yourself like on Google University or? Yeah, I just taught myself on uh, GarageBand. But I'm that's kind of how I am with a lot of things. Like I taught myself how to do video editing. I kind of like just like messing around. And then I also feel like once you do it yourself, you can like kind of tell an editor. Like sometimes they'll be like, oh no, it's too difficult to take this out. Or they're like, no, it's not. Because like I've done it, you know? So yeah, it's like you that. get better at directing the other person. It'd be like if you went to someone to do your brows and they totally. told you you know something wasn't possible you would be like yeah. what yeah actually I've done it I, yeah exactly no, yeah totally I've learned enough about audio to understand why people go to school for four years <laughs> and yes. why there's unions but you're absolutely right it's like the more it's just it's you're empowered right the more you know about anything going into it you just have knowledge on your side so people can't fuck with you so much oh. do you guys go to other estheticians is it like weird when you do that I have for facials, but more to, like, see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm, are you silently judging them the whole time? Usually I'll tell them I'm an esthetician. Okay. Yeah. So they're on their game. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, I feel like it's <laughs> fucked up if I don't tell them. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, what if they're just, like, having a bad day and then I'm, like, judgy about their facial? But it's, like, a learning thing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the same. I would agree. And sometimes it's great, and I'm like, oh, shit, I really learned a lot. And other times mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep doing things the way I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, yeah, bad experience? Bad experiences bad. are always funny. Even telling them I'm an esthetician, some people just aren't into their job. Oh, We totally. really are, so I think yeah, it shows through our yeah. work. I mean, that's honestly the one consistent thing that I always not always, but I often find when going to other estheticians is like, oh, so we really love what we do. Yeah. Like, so right. not We're like else. happy at our yeah, job. Exactly. <laughs> so not everybody else is like this. Yeah. Um, the last so how do, you, how do you know if you're like in the middle of, if you're getting a facial, like how do you know if, what are like signs that like the person is not good? Oh. So, okay. I am very sensitive to just like, you know, every esthetician kind of knows the general steps of a facial, but you can just, I think when you are giving a facial and when you're receiving one, you're really receiving that person's energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're giving it, you're really giving your energy. And so mm-hmm. I can Great kind answer. of feel when someone is just going through the motions because yeah. they have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's been always very obvious to me, but I really work off of shit like that. Like no, energy. you're right. But I think a lot of people do. But if you've only had a facial with this one person, you may not know if it's good or bad, you know? Well, that's right. true. Well, there's also different facials. Like, I remember a client um, came to me to get her brows done. And she was saying that she gets really bad cystic acne. And she has to go and get, like, cortisone shots. And she's like, girl, one of my friends was telling me that her facials are relaxing. I was like, my face gets <laughs> beat up. And I was like, girl, you probably need your face to get beat up because yeah. you have, like, a lot going on. Yeah. But I bet if you went and said, girl, I just really want a nice, relaxing facial today. Right. Right. She would happily like change it for you, or if she doesn't, right. goes to somebody else to get your nice relaxing facial and go there to get beat up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, the beating up facials, like face gym, that whole phenomenon, I do not understand it. Yeah, it's oh, like all massage, yeah, yeah. All massage. When I say beating up, I mean more so like oh, lots of extractions, lots of extractions. Yeah. Like, but even so, with the massage, that can be very rough. Yeah. Have you seen the videos? There, I yeah. mean, they literally are like slapping people's faces, and I'm like, people pay for this? I don't get it. No, I think people like to pay for pain. <laughs> I know. I yeah, know. it's weird. I love my face massaged really well and deep but mm-hmm. like the whole slapping thing not is so strange to me but that's like it's don't so hit strange. me like I really want anybody touching <laughs> my such face like New York yeah. woman goes yes. to get her face beat up exactly. and she had a rough day. 
exactly. New York woman goes to get a facial and ends up beating up the facialist because because <laughs> the facialist started exactly. hitting her. <laughs> like exactly. Right. It's so funny. No, what you said about the energy was like spot on because. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter. Anyone can give a facial, in yeah. a sense. You yeah. know, anyone can go totally. to esthetician school, get your license, give a facial, but it's so much mm -hmm. more than that. Well, but the energy, too, is going to make you just, like, care more, right? Like, if mm -hmm. you have got good energy, you're going to want to know what the person's using, and, like, use, yeah. you're going to care about the ingredients that you're using on them and the products that you're using and share exactly what you're just saying, like, share energy and share that, like, moment mm -hmm. that you guys have together. It's very personal to touch someone's face. Oh, for sure. It's so personal. True. Yeah. True. You know? yeah. What if the person coming into you has bad energy? Oh, we could throw oh. the whole thing off. Well, I've definitely given really? a not great facial because of the person's energy. I feel like it goes one of two ways. You either can bring them back to like a good oh, state. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. But some people are just, some bitches. Some people are nasty. <laughs> I remember yeah. this girl, you're right. Okay, so first let's kill them with kindness because that's kind of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. is to like bring them yeah. back. I'm like, oh, you're in a bad mood, girl. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. And because yeah. that's part of the job too. Is totally. It's like, of course, you're not going to feel great coming in, but I want you to feel great leaving, right? So it's, I enjoy trying to bring people over to my side. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I almost had I mean I've had some nasty clients and those people I'm always gonna do the best job that I can you do just and them. just like hope that right? <laughs> just pop around and be like, Oh, you haven't heard about the space gym? God I wish. <laughs> no, I just like take their money and say have a good day. But I've had yeah. some clients that just come back over and over who are like that. I don't have them anymore. When I left my last job I was able to like rid myself of like bad energy people. I just didn't know. The negative Nancy's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird because you think I don't know. Some people are just like that. That's it's them true. all the time. I had to fire a client recently. What? Wait, yeah. fire a client? Oh, Tell yeah. me about this. So I had a client that I've spoken about her before in the pod, and I want to preface this by saying I love my girls. Like, I will mm -hmm. do anything for my clients. Like, if I, I love what I do. I love my girls. So I don't say this about very many people ever. This woman, I just did not like her energy. She was just very <laughs> entitled and very picky, but like bossy and just very like... She wasn't nice. She just wasn't nice. What's an example of like how she was so, okay, so we so, all know how okay. not to be? Okay, so <laughs> she... Oh, girl, all right, I'm going to tell you the whole story. So this was the final straw. Right before COVID, she had an appointment. This was the week that we shut down. So like people had already been canceling appointments all week. We didn't know what this virus was, what have you. So she comes in and she brings her daughter and she's like, you know, my daughter's too sick to go to school, but what am I supposed to do? Just like leave her at home? Like she's coughing, but like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh my God, not her. bring her here. And this is like a 400 square foot studio. <laughs> oh my so God. So then the daughter is coughing the entire time without covering her mouth. Oh my God. Touching all my shit. Putting, putting her COVID in the air. And her mom is just like, oh, oh, honey. Do you know, I'm so sorry. Like, do you know, it's just like, if she's too sick to go to school, like, why won't they just take her? I don't get it. I was like, lady. Oh, my God. Lady. First of all, I'm somebody. I don't very well. Like, I am a person with, you know, health that needs to, like, stay healthy <laughs> and yeah. not have some kid come and coughing. The week of a pandemic, of a global pandemic That's when the so city is shutting down, dude. Yeah. I mean, that was like so. What did you say? Like, I just I can't see you anymore. Oh, like a breakup. That wasn't even the last straw. So then, the week of the Black Lives Matter movement, when everything oh, was sort of like erupting, right? And so yeah. every white person I'd ever met in my life was coming to make sure that I was okay. Was sending me text <laughs> right, messages. Right, right. Is, is everything? I'm so sorry, Elizabeth. This lady writes, and she's just like, "Um, is the studio open? Can I come get my brows done?" And oh, like, my God. it's fine that you're not aware of what's happening. 
But again, it was just like a final. I was just like, I don't like her. Yeah, you, you already didn't like her. Yeah, because like, if someone else texted you that, you brought you'd be your fine. COVID in. And so I just yeah. said, you know what? No, the studio isn't open. And I don't think that you should come back when it does. I don't think that our energies are vibing very well. And I wish you the best of luck. Oh my God, what'd she say? She said, oh my God, is it something that I said? What did I do? Like, was I too bossy? Like, she was shocked. This woman had no yeah. idea that she was awful. No self awareness. No yeah. self awareness whatsoever. Did you respond and explain it? No. Okay, you just left, <laughs> left it on red. I just left it. I just left it because, I mean, it was also very an emotional day. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. it, was, it was literally like the, the week of the, the, the protest. You know? too much for me. Well, the reason I didn't answer, though, I feel bad. Like, I'm sounding like a, a terrible business owner. No, but I didn't answer no. because it was just like very emotional. And I was just like, lady, I've been yeah. dealing with you for so long. You, you kept, brought your COVID kid in here. You had her before <laughs> the COVID situation, right? Hadn't she been here? No, she'd been here a bunch. And oh. I put up with her a ton. She was always what? Like, bossy she was just always bossy and a pain in the ass just like such a pain you know people are just a pain and <laughs> yeah. it's like it's fine i'll deal with it like yeah, they're always pain. difficult clients but it doesn't mean i won't like them Ex exactly it was just like we just didn't vibe Sometimes, it was yeah. exactly what you're saying our energies just yeah. did not vibe and i yeah. dealt with it until it was offensive <laughs> i wait <laughs> i used to have a client who she'd come to me every two weeks for her brows and i would say like every other time she'd complain about how i did her brows Except yeah, she'd still come to me. Tell me about this client too. She's we only have like we each only probably have I've two. One. Yeah, I think I yeah. have my only one. Yeah. And I finally one day tried to break up with her. This is after she was seeing me for like two years, but I just couldn't take it anymore. It was to the point where I'd see her name in my book and I'd get so stressed. And she'd always come at the end of the night, so I'd wait the whole fucking day stressing about this lady. And at this job, I wasn't making much money from an eyebrow wax either, so I was just like, I can't believe I'm stressing like this for right. seven dollars. Yeah, it just like wasn't. Yeah. Nothing about it was worth it. And so I finally said to her, I think it's better if you try someone else. I have another great esthetician to recommend you to. She was horrified. She did not understand why I would ever try oh to recommend God. she goes to someone That's else. That's what it is. That it was it's, always, so weird. it's always people who aren't self-aware because people are quite love. I love women. Like people right, come right. here because they want to get pampered, because they right. know that we do great work. They know they're going to have a great time, you know? So it's like very shocking it was very funny. When, and, and people she are still so self-aware. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like people come out of their way to come here to support us. And I was so it's convinced. so funny that somebody else doesn't even know they're awful. I was convinced she was doing it on purpose. I'm like, she just doesn't like me. That's like, what I mean. really oh wants to make gosh. my life hell. But oh I don't goodness. think she at all, even after that, realized. But she was much nicer after that. And never, I don't think she ever complained again to me. Oh, wow. Because I okay. think that it, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if you do that to your boyfriend, you're like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Hello. Right, something registered, something registered. <laughs> what, what signs are you guys? I'm a Pisces. I'm an Aries. Okay, so emotional Aries. Okay. I'm very emotional. I, I think okay, I cried I a couple see... times when she came in. Yeah, oh my gosh, so I can bad. so see you guys being Pisces and Aries. Oh my my husband's an Aries. And Aries is like very like ambitious, dominant. Yeah. Pisces, kind but emotional. Yeah. Sensitive. I get I get offended easily. Yes. No, you get very worried. You do get very offended easily. <laughs> and I admit to it. I'm just like, yeah, that offended me, and it shouldn't. Oh, it's really funny. She's always saying people should be ashamed. I'm like, I don't think that they're feeling ashamed. They should be ashamed. <laughs> Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Leo. You're oh, a Leo. What's a Leo? I don't know. Yes. Leo. I don't have. I have like only one Leo in my life. Just is a Leo. Oh, really? You're just Leos are Jeff. fun. Yeah, you need, you need oh, more Leos in your life. Her sister's a Leo, and she's fantastic. Yeah, okay, actually, she's fine. actually thinks very similar to you. Very relaxed. Very yeah, Leos like, are known for being laid back. Yeah, very like even keeled. 
Very smart. Mm, I need to be more even killed. Um, we got a good girl. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, back to you. This. After high school, what did you end up pursuing? Even though you loved fashion and Vogue and all these things. Yeah, what did you end up doing? I thought I wanted to work in fashion. Um, I interned at Vogue twice. I was like the super Vogue intern. Like, I'm going to be an editor here. I love um, that. And and then I think I, I found out, like, towards the end of my last internship, how much, like, the starting salary was. And it was, like... <laughs> $22,000 or something Why? and I was like what? Like you could yeah. apply for food stamps on yeah. that salary like this I is insane. But, but the women that work world. there yeah they don't need they don't, they're wealthy. the money. Yeah. Mm. Like it's not all but the overwhelming majority it's just like oh the money to buy shoes like they don't it's just like extra. Yeah. Um, and I had every intention of like making money um, yeah. when I graduated. <laughs> and I went to Stanford for college, which was another culture shock for me coming from New York City because it was like very kind of like techy and everyone, I remember people, I, I, I really didn't fit in my first few months, like really, really, um, I actually thought I made a mistake and, and thought oh, like man. maybe I need to apply to like a school like in a major city because um do you guys ever spend time in the bay area like palo alto or san francisco i've never mm -hmm. been to the bay area actually yeah it's not like sexy the way la is mm -hmm. right it's backpacks you say a lot of flannels yeah. yeah i think of people wearing flannels yeah it's like well now you go and everyone's in like uh hoodies you know, right drop dropbox yeah slide share like yeah like the tech company they work for hoodie everyone works in tech mm -hmm. um but even on campus, it was like everyone was in flip flops and sweatpants and they're like Stanford t-shirt. And I would like get dressed in the morning. Oh my like, God, I you love know. this. I can like, I'm from New York City. I don't you, wear flip flops. I imagine you in a cape. <laughs> and like, yeah, like glasses. I was like doing, like, like doing everyone else thought was the most. Yeah. And yeah. people were like, why? Like, people would say like, why are you so dressed up? And I'm like, am I dressed up? Why are you in your pajamas? Like, <laughs> I'm like, 
why are you in your pajamas in like our lecture hall and I it took me a really long time to like kind of like find my people and then once I did it was amazing I love the experience but I think that being at Stanford taught me so much about like the tech world like I basically realized that there were all of these young people that could do what they wanted to do and put their ideas out into the world through tech Mm. And in fashion, there's this weird thing where it's like the younger and the less tenured you are, like you don't matter. Basically, it's like you don't speak unless spoken to. It's like very backwards. In in fashion, they don't. Or in when I was doing it, this is like you know 2009, 2010. But they didn't look at the young people in the room and say, "What do you guys think? What do you think the future is? How should we be doing things?" They would be like go, you know, steam these clothes, go photocopy this. It, it was not the sort of thing where they were, like, thinking, okay, how, how do we modernize and how do we get young people to have a voice? Um, and so I think I realized, like, maybe I don't want to work in fashion. Maybe I want to do something, work at a company where um, I can contribute and not just be told what to do and, and my ideas would be welcomed. So um, I started even kind of, like, changing the internships that I did over the summer. So um, I left an internship at Balenciaga that I did um, where they literally were having interns sweep the showroom floors and change light bulbs. I mean, God. like, Good just, Lord. like, manual time. labor. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I went, I, I interned at um, an advertising agency called Ogilvy, and I did um, SEO marketing there. And awesome. I kind of just, like, yeah, I got more into, like, my techie side. Mm -hmm. um, and then by the time I graduated, I applied for jobs, and I knew I wanted to work in London. I wanted to get international work experience because I had this great experience of interning in Paris. And I was like, I don't want to just go back to New York. I want to, like, live in London. So I applied to work at Burberry, um, but in social and digital. They had, like, a great digital marketing team at the time. Um, Angela Ahrens was the head of their whole digital team. She, um, I, th I think she actually went on to go work at Apple. Um, but she, she was, like, very smart, and everyone on the digital team was, like, really smart and really with it. So I was like, okay, I'll do Burberry. But then I didn't get a visa to work at Burberry, so I had to apply to, like, more international companies. So my first job out of college was um, working at Nokia in London. I worked for the entertainment marketing team and I had like the best experience, best boss. I got to work on like the best projects. Yeah. Um, I did like a series of short films about music culture across America that like premiered at Sundance and like oh, Vice. So your first Damn. job, this is so cool. Yeah, this but you know what, with your, first, with your first job, you don't know um, what your limitations are because you haven't like really worked. So I would have an idea and I had an amazing boss at the time. So when I had an idea, he'd be like, okay, if you think you can make that happen, like execute it. But That's I didn't, awesome. I didn't yet know that like, you know, I, I, I hadn't been conditioned and told no, and we don't have the budget a bunch of times. So I would just have these big ideas and I had a supportive boss. So that was great. That's so great because I mean, it's so easy to break dreams. And if you're a dreamer, especially, you have to, it's so important to have people around you that nurture that and that allow yes. you to dream and that allow you to fail and make mistakes and not be embarrassed, right? So that's so great. Yes. Most people don't have that experience. That's really incredible. True. I guess that's that Stanford yeah. education. Gets you those, good, gets you those bomb jobs. It's great. <laughs> 
So we also spoke with these girls uh, that own Dears Creative, a creative agency, uh, Kristen and Corey, and they worked for Vogue Digital when they in like the okay. early aughts. And I just think it's so fortuitous, I guess, that fashion, like you were saying, is so backwards that they weren't looking to younger people to really mm-hmm. help, like in the magazine. But you guys got to go and do like the future of all of us, right? digital and learn mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm, learn SEO mm-hmm. and really get ahead and learn yeah, and like huge. and do it on your own terms like figure out how you can use your skill set to like stick it to the man and get ahead anyway it's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah yep, so cool. totally. like that, like that you guys both kind of did the same mm-hmm. yeah that is cool I wasn't even thinking about that. very cool okay so you were at uh, Nokia at this point right yes in okay. London yeah in London yes so how long were you there um, I was there for two and a half years and I feel like I would have stayed even longer but I met my now husband um, when I was in London, it was the 2012 London Olympics and he was living in New York. Um, he had lived in London like four years before I had lived there. So we kind of like missed each other, but he was in New York. I was in London. We started dating. It was a long distance love affair type of thing. And, um, how did you guys meet? Uh, it was it was an event for the Olympics at the Dorchester Hotel. A colleague of mine was like, oh, you have to meet Umut. He's so cool. He does a lot of music marketing. Um, Coca-Cola is one of his biggest clients. And at the time, I was doing entertainment marketing. I was working on these films. She said, you guys would really get along. Um, so I met him. He was, like, on a date at the time like, with this oh other woman. God, so <laughs> funny. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he was very charming, very smooth, very, like, I was like, okay, he's, like, I kind of just was, like, I, I know what type of guy this is. Right. <laughs> but we, we kind of stayed in touch, um, and we dated long distance for a long time, um, about a year. Maybe oh, yeah, a, a year before he proposed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And across yeah. the Atlantic long distance, right? Yes, but the way that it worked out was we would end up seeing each other every month because we would, like, meet in Amsterdam or we would meet in Venice or we would oh, meet wow. in um, L.A. or Austin, oh Texas. Super romantic first Super year romantic. of your relationship. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it culminated with um, a proposal uh, at, at New Year's um, in Tulum, and I, I was not expecting it at all. Wow, after only one um, year of this, oh like, God. whirlwind romance. That's so sweet. Yes. That's great. Yes. Like this. this is like a movie. Yes. It is. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And I love that you met um, in person. That's the only reason I was asking. Most people, I assume that we're probably around the same age. Yeah. Well, I'm, no, but I'm I know 31. That you're 31. Okay, okay I'm, I'm 34. 34. So, yeah. around the same age. Um, yeah, and I got married, like, I was 24 when this happened. Oh, which, like, wow. Back. Oh, we're young. Is he yeah. older yeah. than you? Yes, he is 11 years older okay, than that me. That makes more sense, because I was like, 24-year-old yeah. dude? No, he was just like, let me wrap this up right now. Like, I am ready. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, but we all we met our partners also in IRL. Yeah, we're kind of like the last it. of a dying breed. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what? It's so interesting. I never got to experience like dating apps. Dude, me so I, neither have I, we. I always ask my friends. I'm like, can I like see your app and like swipe and like see what like because like it's like fascinating to me. And they're like, yuck! I hate it. it like it's the bane of my existence. I but I'm like, it seems like it's kind of fun to me. <laughs> I think that's the problem. I think, I think most of them think, I think that's the problem is that I a lot of dudes think it's like too. a game. And then I was like, what if you see them, have you ever been out in the neighborhood and then you see somebody that you like didn't swipe or like that you didn't this match happened with? Right. This happens Before. all the time. This is what I hear is that people just like see people that they kind of know, but not really randomly in the yeah. streets. I don't know. 
I feel like it would be fun because you have like your preference. Like I don't know, there's something about it. It's like online shopping, kind of. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. When I was single, I did a lot of dating. It was fun. I mean, yeah, if you're like in it to like, do it, right? If you're just like having a good time, wanting yeah. like meet new people, go out. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah, the online dating is good if you're at a specific point in your life, yes. I guess, and you're wanting to like have fun. Yes. I think it would be really right. frustrating and shitty if I were like, I really want a husband. Right. Oh right. Right. And then right, I gotta like right. fight through Fair all point. these like dickheads, you know? I know, which is Fair why I keep point. hearing my these my poor girls who are like tens <laughs> getting ghosted by sixes because they're playing <laughs> these games because they're all swiping. Like, I know. no. Oh my. Oh, true. Um, okay, I love your romance story. Yes, thank you for taking I'm us down that tangent. That. It should probably yeah, be a right. rom-com. It should be. <laughs> it sounds perfect. I also like that he... Also, your friend was just like, oh, you guys would, like, like each other, like, work stuff. He was on yeah. a date. Yeah. Like, wasn't even... Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. Um, where is he from New York? No, he's from Istanbul, Turkey. He's from Istanbul. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So That's we're, super cool. Yeah, we're, like, you know more than 10 years apart and from totally different countries so there are things like I, the thing I always think about is I think like maybe two years into our marriage like pretty recently like pretty far in I like realized that he didn't know who Aaliyah was and I oh was like oh my god what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you're like, how do we get this far? <laughs> but it was like one of these things where it's like, it's like sometimes we'll talk about like who made it across the pond, like who, like who, yeah. who made it to Turkey, like as someone that like people knew. So like he yeah, knew like Turkey. Biggie and Tupac, and like yeah. he knew like he knew certain people, but then yeah, there are other people here. Did you play yeah, him Leo more didn't than a million? Make it to Turkey. <laughs> Yeah, I really like, sure you don't know this song. <laughs> now he's aware. Now he's aware. Um, Aaliyah, and best like, eyebrows in the 90s by far. Oh, yeah. They Blew were like, best everything. Best everything. Best everything. Yeah. She was such a babe. I definitely wanted to be her. Who didn't? Yeah. I, I didn't know at the time how young she was either. I don't think Neither I realized. Yeah. I thought this was like a woman. Yeah. With baggy yeah, pants and a little top and great abs. Yeah. And great yes. abs. Yeah. Great yeah. everything. Yeah. Great everything. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> So yeah. you have to tell him all like, of those things. You just run down the list. guy for three years. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. Okay, so let's, um, I want to talk more about, like, the pod and beauty and sort of, like, how you were able to bring, like, probably what was a hobby to you and, like, create this, um, would you call it a business? Your podcast? No. no. God, no. Okay. <laughs> God, God, no. no. I mean, because you don't go into podcasting for money. I mean, it's just, you know, now it's great that I have advertisers and that, the cost of creating the show is covered. It's like you're breaking even. I mean, I've had opportunities to do live shows, which have been great, but um, I don't know anyone that does podcasting for money. And I think if you got into podcasting for money, you would be sorely disappointed (laughs) for how long it takes to build up an audience. And it, it just, it wouldn't be enough to sustain your interest. But yeah, it's interesting. Like, Jenna, who I, I know you guys interviewed, I was working with her. Um, I was executive producing a podcast for Viacom, which is where I worked before I started working at Instagram. Um, and I got to see kind of like the behind the scenes of like how they approached podcasting. And I had always been thinking about doing a podcast anyway. So I was like, let me just like go ahead and like finally just do this at home with GarageBand and my little laptop. Um, but my beauty obsession, so you guys know I used to be really into fashion, but then it started switching to beauty when I went natural. So mm. I, I was basically learning 
you know, at 19, 20, 21, like how to really do my hair for the first time. I had, you know, been in and out of braids, or I had gotten relaxers, um, and I kind of learned through YouTube and through reading all these different hair blogs, like, oh, you can like melt your own shea butter and make a hair mask, or you can, you know, mix this henna powder and yogurt and make a really great protein mask for your hair. Um, you can use these oils to seal your ends. It was sort of like this really like deep realization I had about natural ingredients and I would you know still go to like Walgreens and try like a Shea Moisture mask but I, I would just see like a huge difference in like the softness of my hair afterwards and I started getting really into Ayurvedic beauty and reading more about the Ayurvedic practices behind beauty and learning that there's been this really long tradition of natural oils and herbs and botanicals and learning about like steaming your face at home and how you can uh, make your own face masks and how you can use turmeric and how you can use you know just eggs in your um, kitchen to make a face mask so I started getting really into natural beauty mm -hmm. um, and I realized that there wasn't a lot in terms of um, long-form beauty content that I could get into mm -hmm. so into the gloss became really popular around this yeah. time mm -hmm. and I would love reading these interviews but I like wanted more like I would read the full interview about this woman's approach to their beauty um and I thought okay we kind of need like uh, an audio version of this mm -hmm. um and I and I it was like the kind of thing where I started Naked Beauty because I couldn't find it so yeah. the thing that I was searching for I was like let me just make it instead of just searching for it so totally. such a millennial um, yeah, so I just was like, let me just talk to, you know, the women I admire about their approach to beauty, um, and then also share some of my own, like, recipes and the way that I approach my skincare, because maybe it'll be helpful to other people, and it started just pretty organically like that. I love it. I love it because... It's similar to you. It is. Right? It's very similar to me, to my story in becoming an esthetician and just, like, discovering, like, natural ingredients and making shea butters and mixing oils and learning about essential oils. And then mm -hmm. from there, like, you know, eventually ended up in uh, aesthetic school. But it's funny because when I first found out about your podcast three years ago, I think it's been on, right? Four years now? Four years, yeah. Jeez, four years. Okay, so I got my aesthetics license six years ago. And very okay. shortly after I got it, I was thinking like, oh, there's something here. Like speaking with women, just like being in mm. this intimate environment. And like I said, I love podcasts. And I just, it, that was when I first started thinking like, there's something here. Like how do we make, mm -hmm. take this and like bring it to other women? And then your podcast came out and I was like, she did it before me. Somebody did it before <laughs> oh my gosh. me. But it's funny well. because I, I guess I bring it up because one is there's so much space in the world for different voices. And also like seeing you do it is what made me realize that I could do it. I was like, yeah. Oh, awesome. You know, honestly, and I want to thank you for that, first of all. But also I was so intimidated to speak to you for so long because I was like, oh, my God, here's this girl and she's doing like what I want to do. And we're just going to kind of start to do it. And you've always been so kind. And I guess. Oh, my gosh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah I've also found around. it was so easy to like get and to talk to you. We were like. Well, it's real. Uh, Jenna, like our, our <laughs> both of our pod fairy godmothers, I guess, right? Brought yeah. us together. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. She was like, you guys need to speak with, like day one when we spoke yeah. to her, she's like, you yeah. need to speak with my friend Brooke. You're going to love her. Da -da -da -da. Yeah. Don't you also find that amongst podcasters, there's so much like, 
it's like we kind of all understand each other, right? Yeah. I, I have found that whenever I've approached another podcaster about anything, even if it's just a question like, how did you figure out, you know, I don't know, your album cover artwork, people are, like, very open and willing to help. It's like a great little community. Yeah, yeah it's kind That's of like true. the Wild West right now, and I, I think it's kind of like what you were saying. It's this thing where few people have figured out how to monetize, so if you're doing this, it's really because you just love it, and right. yeah. like, we pay a lot of money every month <laughs> to make this podcast. It's not free, but like, right. we love it, you know, and so you do it, and I yeah. think that's probably most of us that are out here, like, you're paying to fulfill whatever need you have. I guess for us, it's like we're yeah. paying to speak to women so that they know that there's yeah. other ladies that Everyone's are like them out stories there. out there. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes, like, yesterday we interviewed someone for the podcast, and it's someone that I met on a message board on the internet, like a skincare message board 10 years ago, who I, like, oh, vaguely amazing. kept in touch with on Instagram, but was like, I know she has a story to tell. Let's get her on here. Yeah, and it was but incredible, her story. Also, yeah. I was like, it was... So it's just crazy. I don't know. You yeah. meet people, and it's just like... Well, too, it was like so, story so many women are I fucking guess. awesome. Yes. And I think like podcasters were storytellers. We're not storytellers. We're making fun of that with Jenna, right? But like, we, I think we've got a, a true interest in people's stories and right. in yes. people's narratives. And I don't know. That's kind of this one thread that weaves us all together. Totally. Yeah. I love exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's crazy. You've been doing your podcast for four whole years. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm on a break now because of maternity leave, and yeah. it was like. I wasn't always uploading every Monday. Um, I started really getting intentional about having an episode every single Monday, no matter what, for like the past year and a half. But it was, it's been so interesting. Like, I've always had this feeling going to bed Sunday night, like, okay, at 5 a.m. the podcast is going to be released, but I just haven't had that for the past few weeks. And it's like, okay, like, it's fine. Like, yeah. my listeners are like, we're going to be waiting for you when you're ready to come back. Um, yeah. well, and I mean, I your community joke, seems so devoted and so cool. And, like, just, yeah, yeah. they seem awesome. I feel very lucky to have the listeners that I have, but I've also had to have this kind of like contract with myself that I was like, I can't do a podcast about self care and like run myself ragged in the process of doing totally. it. It's kind of like, totally. yeah. it's like, you know, the antithesis of like what the show is all about. So if I'm all stressed and like can't manage, then I need to just take a break. So yeah, with motherhood, I was like, let me take a break. Yeah. Good for you. Oh I need God. to start learning how to well, do that. Also, you're a mom now, so it's yeah. like, yes, you're doing a lot. Sure. You take care of yourself, but you also have this little being who's so dependent on you. Mm-hmm. I know. Very, very do you guys want to have kids? I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> I can't speak for you, but like for me, yeah. my partner and I've been together for 13 years. Okay. And like, both of us were very solid no to kids for a long time. And then okay. this year was just crazy in, like, the global reason, obviously. And then, like, we lost somebody very close to us, and it was really Sorry tragic. to hear. Thank you. But it just put things in perspective. And so now I'm kind of like, maybe this is the next, like, human experience that we have together. Yeah. Mm. You know? Mm. Kind of like, I don't know, all these assholes are out here having babies. Well, exactly. Maybe I need They're to have, like, a cool one. faster than us. That's <laughs> the other thing, honestly, yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. problem. So I'm, I'm open to the idea. Yeah. Which okay. For a girl, for 30 years, it was a hard no. <laughs> yeah. But I think this happens. I think this happens. You said that at 34 is Wait, the age. Wait, my, my husband was, like, out for drinks with a couple friends one night. This was, like, a year ago. And I guess he was asking my husband, like, if we wanted kids. And he said no. And his friend was like, really? Your wife doesn't want kids? And he's like, no. And he, his friend was like, wait till she's 34. 
So my husband's like, oh God, what's going to happen when you're 34? Yeah. You know what's interesting? My switch was, um, my husband and I, we always said, we got married, I was 25 when we got married. I just turned 25 and we said, let's spend the first five years of our marriage just traveling, enjoying each other. And then um, after five years, we will have a baby. So like literally, I think Mobby was born September 9th. Our wedding anniversary, September, our five-year wedding anniversary was September 30th. So like, wow. it's you just like... it and you did it. Yeah. And we, yeah, but it's interesting. I, even when I got married, when I was 25, 26, I wasn't like, oh my God, I want to have a baby. But it's something weird started happening around like maybe like 28, 29. I started thinking babies were cute. Like I started like yeah. noticing babies on the street. Like I never noticed babies yeah. on the street totally. before. I'm just noticing. I started like... Yeah, it's like you start to slowly like notice them and like think they're cute, and you're like, yeah. oh, like they, they're like cute. But it's like before that, I like they. It was just like a dog passing. You know, it's like right. I didn't. But I like. I her. didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no, eat the dog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't like think babies were cute. Like something just like no, changed. Universe, I started like, thinking on. they were. Right. Yeah, and you're like, oh, babies are really cute. Um, the biological yeah. clock is real. It's very interesting. It's real in that for me, it was like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I have to have a baby, but it was exactly what you're saying. I suddenly was aware of them. Mm-hmm. And it was, for me, it was more so like, you just need to make a decision, yes or no. Right. Because literally, girl, your time is running out. If this is something you don't want to do, that's fine. But if you have any inkling, you got to think this through. And then I thought, well, you could just always adopt. So that was like a six month, like, kind of freak yeah. out. And then. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. How has it been being a mom, though? It's great. Okay. Yeah. It's great. It's honestly so much fun. Like, you look my husband and I. I know you look beautiful. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie. I'm just looking well, at your face. Like, I my God. So perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, he's sleeping like through the night now, mostly, which is great. I think the first like two weeks, you're like waking up every three hours. You're learning how to breastfeed. It's yeah. like a lot at once. Mm-hmm. And breastfeeding is not like necessarily this like easy thing. Like That's I think I hear. I hear it's very difficult. Yeah, I felt lucky because I was always able to do it, but it was like it used to be painful, and you figure out the latch, and like you're learning how to do it, but also like your baby's also learning how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Teamwork. they don't know either. You guys are both kind of just like figuring it out, but somehow it happens, and I feel like every week as parenthood goes by, you become more and more confident. So Aww. it's been it's been a journey. Yeah, oh God, yeah. So it good. has to be crazy, right? Like this baby, it was already alive, but it was living in your uterus. Side of you. Insane. Yeah, I know. And, and then, then it know. comes yeah. out, and it's just like, okay, now we get to work, and like, but also, I he's know. like your best bud. He's like, hey, Ma, what's up? <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, like what hey, an dude. insane, like, it just always will be insane. It's a little me. mind-blowing. Yeah, that, like, this yeah. baby comes out of you and it's yours. And, it's like, also yeah. interesting to me that, like, you, we're both women, but your body has done something, like, that mine never has. Like, mm. this incredible thing, right? I mean, yeah. like, I guess you could say it's, that about anything, but it's this thing that, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like when I, I got my driver's license. Exactly. It's like when I got my yeah. driver's license. I felt like I was in this club. I feel like when you become like a mom, like when you do. Like, I don't have my driver's license, so that's, you've girl, got one up on well, me. Well, I, I do and I don't drive, license, so. so. <laughs> Two different clubs. But I think that's really cool. I think that's really awesome that as women, like, I don't know, science is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. it's nuts. And now you just have this little being. I know. That I grew inside of me. Yeah. You made that. Congratulations. Great job. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I remember as a kid, if my mom, maybe when I was like a preteen and I was awkward and my mom, like if she walked in on me and I was naked and I'd be all weird about it and she'd be like, 
You came out of me. Right? I made you inside of me. Who cares, you know? I feel like yeah. that's got to be the weirdest part, like, of being a mom is just having your child have autonomy, right? Because right. that would be even weirder for your mom, too. It's just like, well, no, because she's a grown person. Like, right. well, a person with privacy that deserves... Yeah, crazy Jewish moms don't. No, they don't care. <laughs> they, don't care. they don't care. They don't care. Well, we would think that at some point, right? Yeah. Just like, yeah. God, all right, maybe... Let my kid have some privacy. Yeah, yeah just yeah. like, girl, that's exciting. That's awesome. And yeah. he's still so little, he's only three months. Also, I never thought I that know. motherhood would be exciting until this moment talking to you about I know. It. Well, so you're baby. Yeah, I know. It's so really fun. I know. When you see kids, yeah, he is, he is very, very cute. <laughs> he's, so, like, but I think everyone thinks quiet. their kids are cute. Oh, everybody does, but I wouldn't say that every kid is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Your kid is very cute. So what do you think? I mean, besides, you know, um, raising a child. What's next for you, do you think? Like, what do you want? Because I feel like anything that you want, you can get. You seem like the type. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I um, I just read this amazing book. Um, maybe you guys know about it. Have you guys heard about the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle? I have heard I it. I do know about it. it. Yes. I have not read it. Yeah, I just finished it. Um, and she talks about kind of making your wildest dreams plans. Like, don't just, like, keep them as dreams. Like, make, make the things that you want to do your actual plans and your marching orders and she talked about um taking things that are in your head um and dimensionalizing them by putting them down on paper and so i think that one of the things that i'm going to try to do for 2021 is um just like really put down like what i how i want the podcast to grow how i want to continue growing my beauty community i created a whole page for my podcast but i didn't like name it naked beauty podcast i named it naked beauty planet because i kind of wanted it to exist as its own uh beauty community um and i think what i'm going to really try to do is think about how i want that to grow um and what i want to do with my podcast and i think um for my podcast i um I'm now at the point where I get pitched all the time, every single day. It's like all of these like founders want to come on and they're founders of like really big brands, but like, I just don't care. Like I can't fake it. I can't yeah. talk to someone for an hour about like, so like, how did you come up with the packaging? Like, I don't care. Like right. I don't, I, it's just not, it's not yeah. the show that I want. Yeah. And you so got this far by being true to yourself. Right. So like, don't exactly. change the formula. Exactly. So I think for me, the other thing I'm going to try to make sure that I always hold on to is just like, again, like candid conversations with people. Maybe you've never heard of them. Um, I've been lucky to have like women like Gabrielle Union on the podcast, which is amazing. Yes, I saw Um, that. Yeah, but like it's, but then now it's this thing where it's like, I'm getting pitched like the most random people, like Molly Sims. Like what? I mean, no, I forgot about her. No no disrespect to Molly Sims, um, (laughs) but like, I just don't know like what type of like authentic conversation like we could have. um, Yeah. Together. Yeah. Um, I feel that. yeah, so I feel like um, no disrespect to Molly. Sims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but you know what? Though I did, I did, I did write back and ask, like, you know, what is it that she wants to talk about? Because maybe there is something interesting that yeah. I could talk to her about. I just don't know what that conversation is dip- um, right now. Also, just keep the door open, right? Yeah. Just exactly. Like, yeah, very smart. exactly, yeah. exactly. And I've been making some like really wild asks. I just like made the ask to see if I could get Pharrell on. I got a no, but that's fine. I Keep asked, asking. you know. Yeah. Yeah. You so. only get what you ask for totally totally for wow that would be cool yeah oh wait but then they sent you their his uh skincare Yes, they sent me his skincare. Yeah, they sent me his I skincare. Instagram a little bit. Sorry, is that weird? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, more. 
Yeah, um, they sent me the skincare. I did a whole review. I posted it all on Naked Beauty Planet. If people are listening and they want to check that out, they can see the review. But Pharrell and I share a dermatologist. Um, ah. The same dermatologist I've been going to, like, literally since I was, like, 16. And I had her on the show, um, Dr. Elena Jones. It's literally one of these episodes I have with my podcast of people. Like, I look at my monthly analytics, and it's, like, every week, like, just, like, 100 people are just, like, listening to this episode from two years ago. Um, but so she's, she's, she's so great. Um and yeah, I was like, we shared dermatologist. Like, I would love to talk to him. And they were like, he's busy. But, um, <laughs> we'll let you know if anything changes. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah, yeah. Today, maybe like, not tomorrow. What are you though. doing every day? What's your day to day like? Maybe not in uh, February. You know? Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. right now, he's just busy for the moment. I would love to know from you guys, like as estheticians, like. I'm, I just started getting like more regular facials. Um, I just did like a nanocurrent facial, which was interesting. Oh, no, I know I did, I did microcurrent first, which was like that laser mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And then the nanocurrent, which were like those like kind of vibrating, like tongs. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to like do, I want to do more treatments in 2021 are there like things that i should look into to upgrade my skin game um microcurrent is one of my top favorite modalities that's the one that's the like lifting one or is that the it goes it works uh, with the muscles of the skin yes Uh, i I loved it i think i loved it the best and as far as like age prevention goes that's huge hydrofacial also have you ever had a hydrofacial Tell me what I've that is. Never had one. So I haven't had one either, but it's just because I probably should now, but I've got really problems. Is it the injection? Skin. It's not an injection. It's this crazy machine that has suction and also exfoliation. I think it does like yeah. microdermabrasion and also infuses your skin with like hyaluronic acid and then also pulls out all of the impurities. And it sounds Ooh. crazy, except this is a $30,000 machine. So it actually works. And oh, wow. um, one of the girls that I went to school with, I'll shout her out, Carla at Fleur de Lis. Fleur de Lis, I think it's called. In, in Brooklyn, we'll say. <laughs> but she's got a great Medispa. And she does okay. hydrofacials, and I've sent girls to her before, for sure. Um, so I, that's a, go to her. I think that that's a nice facial. I think it's like a nice preventative maintenance facial because, you know, it's not too invasive. It's really you're just, like, getting a good deep exfoliation and plumping your skin with, like, hyaluronic acid and moisture, do you know? So Love it's kind it. of like most skin types can definitely handle it. It's yeah. not too Your skin abrasive. is gorgeous, okay. though. Keep doing the Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Wait, I have one last thing for question for you guys. What products do you guys use? Oh, my God. Mm. We use boring products. They're not sexy. They're medical grade, okay. but they're mm. fantastic. Okay. So I use, for the most part, all PCA skin. Oh, I love PCA. PCA okay. is the best, We're like, right? It's boring. It is boring. It's not sexy. And this is what I always tell people is it's not sexy, but it works. And no, I think it's great. I love that like, there's like a peptide serum that I'm obsessed with. Yeah, I love their lactic acid face, um, cleanser, the facial wash. Okay. I love their uh, revitalizing mask. I okay. love their oh. pore refining treatments. Acne, I mean, I use it all. The acne, acne gel. Their retinol we, is what's up, though. Wait, sorry. Just texted me this morning. My friend who has very pro- problematic skin texted me. She said her skin was freaking out the last week, and she had ran out of the acne gel from PCA. She said she used it last night, this morning, already. Her skin it wow. looks so much better. Yeah, it's so good. And I was like, girl, take a fucking before and after next time. We have to, we've got good before and afters for her. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, oh shit. I use Environ mostly. Yeah. It's also medical grade. I started using Environ more for like um, aging stuff mm-hmm. and pigmentation okay. from the sun because I'm a sun worshiper mm. and I'm white, so 
There you go, girl. I'm aging a little faster than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and their stuff's all vitamin A based. I mean, PCA is a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so like PCA. very much so, you know, building your collagen and elastin production. Normalizing the skin. Also not pretty products, but they work they're, fantastic. I mean, they they're, work. Fantastic. they're a little sexier. But then we also make things. We should maybe talk about yeah. that. We make... Yeah, what do you guys make? I, well, I mean, I make like a black African soap. And oh, it's fantastic. I used, I mean, I put both of these things on the side also because it got a little bit crazy and it couldn't balance everything. But yeah. for like friends and family, I still make like a liquid black African soap with glycerin. It's really nice. And then Lens. I also make like candles sometimes. I make um, you mix some nice oils that we make some nice oils. Yeah. What oil bases do you like? Are you like jojoba oil, argan oil? I'm uh, right now. I love uh, avocado oil. Ooh, I've got really, really dry skin, but it absorbs so fast, it like does, that, yeah. and it's so like I like how thick it is, I and I love mm-hmm. that green color. I forget what did you put in that one oil, the mix, avocado, avocado, evening primrose, safflower. A little, no, actually, I don't think I put that in that one. I lied. No, just those <laughs> four, just the avocado, evening primrose, rosehip seed. Maybe I did put this. I don't know. It feels so nice though. It's a nice mix. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Nice. Do you add essential oils or no? So for those, no. But that's because I like to um, like layer other products on top. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So our friend Sabrina right now, like she just started her line. It's called Natural by Sabs, but she makes these incredible lotion bars. And so I'll do like my nourishing oil, and then she has like a Palo Santo and cedarwood lotion bar with a coconut Love oil that. and beeswax and so then i'll seal everything in with that and so that's that. so lovely that like yes. i don't know i just don't really want to mess do you know what i mean yeah that's somebody yeah. else palo santo oil is like my mm. obsession it's like so expensive but so worth it it's i know it's into all my body essentials. scrubs and yeah i love it's it so yeah it's so like grounding. i need to get this um body bar it's I so good. To text her. It's so good. Slapped my feet in it the other day. Oh, so good. No, I woke Thank up God, like no, I'm kidding. Incred- yeah, my feet are nasty. But I woke up like a beautiful lady feet after slathering my feet and like giving myself a little pedicure. It was so nice. so good. I loved it. Oh, segments. Oh, segments. Okay, which one do you want to start with? Oh, you got both? Yes. Let's do your milk with your dinner. That's my favorite. Okay, so this one, it doesn't really paint me in the most positive light, but it's (laughs) it's very real. Um, I, I kind of learned this in two phases. I think the first phase I learned this in was when I was working in London, where um, I think in the U.S. we will eat lunch in front of like a laptop. Like if you're working, you'll just like get your lunch and just like eat in front of your computer. And I remember like my colleagues in the U.K. were like, "What are you? Are we gonna? Like, we're gonna go to you eat lunch or you're working? It's like what is this like weird? Like you're gonna eat your lunch in front of the computer?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "No, no, no. Like we sit down, we eat lunch, then we go back to work." But my husband, in Turkey, like, there's a lot of ceremony around, like, dinner and, like, having the right plates and the right, Mm. like, tablecloths. And he's very into, like, setting the table and putting the candles out. And, like, he's always criticizing my table setting skills. He's like, look, (laughs) these these napkins with this plate, like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, my God. I love this. I didn't even know this whole thing. Neither. Yeah. So he's, he always, he can set, like, the most beautiful table. But the thing that he 
is just like horrified by like he thinks it's like so savage like if we like get like sweet green like a salad if i like try to eat the salad out of a plastic bowl he's like stop like i'm calling oh the police God, that's so exactly i'm like what do you mean same dish like even if it's like a small snack if i'm having like crackers and cheese and i just like try to take it on like a little paper towel he's yeah. like what are you doing? He's, he's like, like, get he's a plate. Wow. Yeah. Put a place met down. Yeah. Like he thinks it's like, and it's, it's just like this. I'm just like, Oh, it's convenient. It's easy. Um, he's like food is and, sacred. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's like, it's a thing. Like you sit down and you like put a plate out. You don't like do this weird, like eating yeah. off of a napkin, <laughs> eating when, if we order something and I don't like immediately replate it. He's like this, he's like, do people eat like, he's like, do other people do this? Like, Oh my God. You think it's just you like you're of, savage? And it's yeah. Like, it's and I'm like, I think people eat out of their, like the containers that they order food from. And he's like, no, like, why would you, we, we're at home. We have plates here like oh yes. my god what would really blow his mind is that some people save those and then eat other food out of them <laughs> like oh my god so funny he was mind blown he my dad saves all that. the takeout <laughs> oh my god hilarious i hope that they're not paper although that would be really funny. no like all the plastic ones um, but it's just like the plastic ones are very well made i can see why he saves them i love this milk with your dinner i have to say my boyfriend is also very he likes, he can create an ambiance, right? He can create yeah. ambiance. He just likes things. He likes nice. wine. Nice, exactly. Yeah. And I am a savage. That was yeah. <laughs> raised in the mountains, trying to get yeah. some nice things in life. So we often have these same conversations. And at the end, I appreciate it because he's just yeah. trying to like slow you down and like yes. not bring culture. That sounds so like uppity, but just like, yeah, make the food more of a. A cultural a thing, not just like this yeah. thing that I'm gonna, you know, shove it's in my mouth. It's a very American fuel. thing, though. I think to 100%. like not sit down and really care about what's yes. surrounding. You know, you having this totally, meal. totally, like yeah. Especially New Yorkers, like yeah. we see people eat on the subway. <laughs> like yeah. that's yeah. I've I remember been there. I used to, when I first moved to New York, and granted, I was 18 and a student, so what did I know? But I was so disgusted that people would like eat and walk down the street. Oh yeah, like, people just that? like. When yeah. was the last time that I sat down to eat, girl? Honestly, like yeah, and now we're just like, oh, that's normal. New Yorkers are just busy. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's true. But also, so I used to work in an Argentinian restaurant for years, and so a lot of my mm. girlfriends are Latinas, and I remember my friend Paula. She would always be so offended, like <laughs> if you didn't sit and eat with her. She's mm, like, right. she's gonna make me sit and eat by myself. I'm like, girl, I'm working. Like. Yeah. Uh, what? So nobody's gonna come sit and eat with me? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And you're just like, look at your phone and eat like a normal exactly, person. Exactly. Yes. But it's, it yeah. was so interesting to me that oh, that is such a cultural difference, and that people she's genuinely offended. She'd be like, no, sit down with me. Take five minutes. I can't eat by myself. I just can't. So I kind of yeah. like food. I like that. Yeah. That's very cute. Mm -hmm. So I like that food merging cultures. I love yeah. it. So you've got another one for us, I heard. I didn't know then, but, but I'm, I'm older, older now. now. It's based on a song. I didn't know then, but I'm older now. We made it up. Oh my god. <laughs> You're like, uh, I don't She's know, like, I don't know, know that, that song. I was like, I don't know that. The um, really nice. Sounded great. I think I've had the experience of um, moving multiple times in my adult life and just learning how much crap that you can accumulate. Mm -hmm. um, I have learned over time, like, 
any like giveaway bag like freebie like t-shirt like I just don't even take it like I just can't have it in my home like I just don't I try to like avoid like gathering things I also used to have like a horrible like this was like when I was much younger but like Zara addiction and like you go into Zara and like everything's cute and you're like oh I want like every single thing and cheap right Mm -hmm. so you just like get a bunch of stuff and it's like not well made um or you just like buy like little like just like little things that you don't need yeah um and I think as I've gotten older I've like really appreciate like I just want I just don't want to have things like I just I've like I've like reached this point where like I'm like I want to be like a minimum and I'm not I'm so far from being a minimalist but um one of the things that I love is um I do the rent the runway unlimited subscription Mm -hmm. Which has also been great because the, I'm not my pre-pregnancy side. So, like, I even – I didn't buy a bunch of maternity wear because I just, like, rented clothes in, like, a larger size throughout mm-hmm. my pregnancy. That's so smart. Um, yeah. I just don't um, want to have a lot of things. I love fashion. I love expressing myself with clothes. But Rent the Runway has been great because it allows me to basically wear different things and have that experience of, like, newness and shopping and, like, a new yeah. dad arriving. And I also – I'm, like, kind of, like, a weird Rent the Runway snob where, like, I don't – rent things that other people have rented i only rent the new arrivals oh like my i have God, to like this is so funny it's actually love very it. smart though that you even yeah. like, are like oh no, yeah this is i love new that arrival. there's a hierarchy exactly i love yeah. that there's a rent the runway hierarchy <laughs> <I have> no <laughs> idea but that's no really idea. smart especially during and after your pregnancy when your body's yes. a little different like yeah like, i go buy an entire Just being new a wardrobe, woman your body's going to take up more space yes genius exactly exactly some of our clients do the rent the runway unlimited i don't know if it's unlimited but they do like the monthly yeah that's what i do the unlimited it's like you get unlimited amounts of things and it feels like you're shopping and it's like love it yeah it's great um and i think i've had so i think i used to just like love like buying stuff like and like oh my gosh i've got through my beauty drawers like i had like i did this exercise last year where i looked through my beauty cabinet three stuff i had like 50 mac lipsticks like why like i know yeah it just happens it just happens because you just get you're just like oh i like this and it's only like like eight emotional thing yeah like a lipstick will change your life sometimes you feel like you know just like oh i didn't know that i needed this we live in a city where it's so easy to go shopping and like Mm -hmm. to just go to the mac store whereas other people have to put in real effort and like do research on the internet as to which lipstick to buy when we're like we tried 10 and we're gonna buy eight of them i mean you can't leave your apartment without spending 50 dollars in new york honestly oh my god i was in manhattan today the second i'm in manhattan i'm like i have to spend money that's just what i do it's like, I'm thirsty. I have to pee. Yeah. I need this. I need yeah. that. Just I'm like, yeah. dollars on that thing yeah. that I wouldn't otherwise. It's so funny. <laughs> Hey guys. Hey. Hope you enjoyed listening to our chat with Brooke DeVard. If you haven't already checked out the Naked Beauty podcast, go ahead and take a look. Also follow her on Instagram for sure. She always has great fashion choices. Totally. I really love looking at her Instagram, like not even for the beauty stuff, but for that. Yeah. No, (laughs) totally. We recorded this back in Christmas because at that point we knew we were going to be on the Exactly Right Network and we wanted to have Brooke come on to this new network with us but I remember looking at her Instagram and she was doing like these Christmas posts and like teaching how to like wrap each individual Christmas branch with like a light so that it glows from the inside out and I tried it 
it didn't work but it was my first time doing like influencer anything <laughs> like because well, we respect you bro exactly because we respect you girl <laughs> definitely make sure to check her out she is great and knows a lot about beauty and products at this point she's so. a product a certified product junkie i would yeah. say yeah, where yeah, yeah. alex and i fail and being product junkies for <laughs> sure brooke is like give them all to me i yeah. will try it out and i'll let you know how i like it I'll tell you the truth. No, which is really cool. I don't want to figure shit out. I want someone else to exactly. figure my, it out for me. Exactly. My skin is too bad to be yeah. messing with it. So you need you need somebody to go test the waters for you. Same. And as always, you know where to find us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. You can email us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. I should be a singer, guys. You fucking killed it. I killed it. Okay. No, I shouldn't sing, but I love it. No, it's very good. Um, it sounds nice. You could rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Hey, rate, review, subscribe. We love those really good reviews. Yes, five stars, please. You can tell your mama about us. You can tell your sister and your cousin. Oh, my God. Am I rewriting our theme song right now? Oh, my God. Okay. Mm, that might be it from us. <laughs> I got to go make up some more songs. Oh, or do you want to hear us sing more? No. You could follow us on no, I'm kidding. crickets. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us today. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a COC BK production. Produced by us, Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our engineer is Bart Tripoli. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. Our photos, hair, and makeup are by Sabrina and Joe Holdsworth. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.